What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun. I found a way to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. Welcome, listener, to Premium Chapter 153 of the QAnon Anonymous Podcast, the QAA Movie Night, Babes in Toyland, 1986 episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rokotansky, Julian Fields, Liv Agar, and Travis View. Now, when people hear the name Babes in Toyland, they usually think about the 1961 film produced by Walt Disney himself. If they're a little more well-read, or forced to have taken a theater history course, they might think about the 1903 operetta written by Victor Herbert, uh, on which the popular Disney film was based. What nobody is thinking about is the 1986 adaptation of Babes in Toyland starring Drew Barrymore and Keanu Reeves. Unless, of course, you are my demented partner who used to watch this every Christmas as a kid and clued me into its existence. You can tell her. I mean, my wife told me to tell you that the psychic damage that you literally owe her for it. She's going to bill you. So, uh, my, my, my soon-to-be wife, uh, she had this on VHS. Oh, that's wonderful. And watched it every Christmas. Nice. This was the Christmas movie in her house. So, it my says a little, God. and it says a lot. That's terrifying. The spiritual <laughs> poverty. Just the, oh. That's like a Dark Souls family. It, it, it is. <laughs> so this version of Babes in Toyland is the one we will be watching for this episode, and let me assure you, it is guaranteed to make Julian lose his mind. No, I've come prepared. I have a table of various sharp objects and weapons, and we're going to do a kind of a Marina Abramovich performance piece on you. Oh, okay. Yeah, Ju- Julian Go- took a sanity roll for this, and I think it's it's either he rolled really well or really poorly, and it's hard to see. We'll find out in later in the episode. I won't crack. I will say that Jake misspelled the word here in the first why? sentence. Why? <laughs> why? Why? That's why? all I'm saying. We don't publish the scripts. I'm Nobody sees it. Nobody needs to know. Look, yeah. as I said, as I've now said two times, <laughs> I have two styes in my eye. Okay, look, so that's cut four styes if he said it. Twice. Cut me, cut me some slack. Okay, well, I'm sorry to say that if you want slack, you picked the wrong movie, buddy. Liv texted me last night and asked uh, if if uh, she was going to be watching the 1961 version, and I said, no, no, no. This is the <laughs> oh 1986 version. <laughs> I'm glad I asked that before I watched it, because imagine having to watch two Babes in Toyland movies in one night. They're both not great. I mean, the the original isn't all that good either. (laughs) It's listed online as a TV movie. Correct. This is like one of the earliest straight-to-VHS Christmas films. Yes. So so Babes in Toyland 1986 is a made-for-TV film uh, directed by Clive Donner. Uh, The film was produced by Orion Pictures and distributed by MGM, Warner Brothers, and Sony. So everybody wanted to pile in on this trash christ <laughs> this is like they invented uh, a color picture yeah i can only imagine that the traffic person behind this movie had a massive 1980s style cocaine problem and was funneling the entire budget up her nose <laughs> i do talk about how the sets look like they're made out of paper mache they're so bad i can i can tell the conversations do you think it looks cheap well i mean it's a you know it's a toy land so it's supposed to yeah it's supposed to it's supposed to be made out of cardboard and and uh and duct tape oh yeah that looks good so the movie was shot entirely on location in munich germany oddly enough and and it originally aired on nbc on december 19th 1986 almost exactly 35 years ago to the day 
Wait, uh, wait, how is it shot in Munich? This is a, a lot. Was, were there some weird quirks about like age of consent laws in Germany in the 80s or something? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> That's the only way I can conceive of this. It's like, oh yeah. man, I really need these child actors to work for 12 hours. Where, where has lenient, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, work laws? They went there because they wanted to shoot the movie cheap on their lot. That would be the obvious, you know, for something that looks this bad. But instead <laughs> they, they had to have Uwe Boll as like uh, an advisor. And he also ate up a good part of the budget. Yeah, and there's, yeah, there's the whole like gang of child prisoners of like uh, nurse characters oh yeah for sure all those people are slaves all like, this those... is yeah this is the project monarch like advertising it's like a it's a an hour and a half ad for project monarch every kid in this movie uh, maybe with the exception of drew barrymore looks so sad uh just just completely downtrodden maybe held against their will so the movie was then released on VHS in 1991. Uh, while some of the plot is intact from the original, the 1986 version, as outdated as it seems, made a lot of ideal updates from the 60s Disney version. For example, in the Disney film, the main love interest, uh, played in this version by Keanu Reeves, was sold to a band of gypsies. Okay, so I'm sure he means itinerant people or perhaps the ROMs, but my God. No, but like in the movie, it's like, we've sold him to a band yes. of gypsies. <laughs> Were you a voice Jake actor the whole on the movie? Film? He overdubbed the whole movie. I've watched it twice. I've watched it twice now. That's so it's, oh, I'm, no. so I'm ruined. And the ingenue in the original film, uh, Mary Contrary, uh, is forced to marry the evil Barnaby Barnacle uh, because she can't figure out how to manage her finances. Oh, my God. There's actually a whole song about it in the original. What? Here, check it out. What? This is so melted. If you're over the age of 35, Shut this up. is how much earwax is trapped in that was specifically targeted at you. You have weird ear contraptions in your car. I know, I know. They always send me the worst shit, of course. Yeah, really. Brutally owned by the ad algorithm. Bills, bills, bills. The price of milk and eggs and bread is rising every day. Now with our bank book in the red, these bills are hard to pay. If we stop buying chocolate cake, and lived on green string beans. Exactly how much would it take to live within our means? Oh, 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 oh. Put down beans and cross out cake. Let me see. Oh, dear me. What a job to undertake. Milk plus bread. Oh, my head. Add a cracker. This is much too hard for us. We can't do the sum. <laughs> oh, I'm a dumb broad after all. I'm a dumb broad after all. I mean, wow. Okay, so that makes sense because this movie does feel like they had to remove like some of the vital organs and like the corpse was reanimated missing <laughs> a couple of essential. The idea that being in like dead peonage is kind of quirky does fit really well with the overall theme. Well, no, that's, she has plenty of money coming in. She's just too fucking dumb. <laughs> that, that literally is the plot. She's In the original, she's like an heiress to this huge oh, fortune, God. but she can't balance her checkbook and figure it out. <laughs> so she's like, oh, I guess I must be sold into slavery sold, to the yeah. evil Barnaby Barnacle. God damn, man. 
So yeah, it's probably better that we're not doing that version. Uh, but the 1986 version isn't all that much better. As Travis pointed out in a text last night, In the first 20 minutes of this movie, there's a boss sexually harassing his underage employee and a child bride. <laughs> <laughs> And that's just the first twenty minutes. That's just yeah, the, yeah just like the like the first act. Like I, I get I get to see uh in, in in both the real world and in Babes in Toyland, played by the same actor, uh is was it Richard Mulligan? Yeah, plays, Richard uh, Mulligan. Plays the toy store owner and Barnaby Barnacle. Yeah, early in this, yeah, there's like, he's like basically weirdly coming on to what seems like a teenage employee in an aggressive and hostile way. Then, yeah, there's the weird like child bride scene. So I was like, I was like, what? I, this is supposed to be like a Christmas movie? Yeah, a Christmas kids movie. I get, listen, listen, I suppose if you want to make a really, um, you know, a villain that people can, that's easy to hate, just make them a pedophile. Just make them, <laughs> just like, uh, just introduce yourself. <laughs> villain and uh say that uh, he's a pedophile it's a it's it's compounded by the fact that keanu reeves plays the same character he did in uh, my own private idaho correct same outfit too i'll get to that i'll get to that later now that i'm here in toyland i'm wondering if there's some older gentlemen that might uh, sponsor my lifestyle <laughs> and so without further ado join me on the floor of the cookie factory as we eat our way to the gooey center of babes in toyland the first scene in the movie has the most bizarre conversation where the mother, played by Eileen Brennan, is calling a young Drew Barrymore, who plays Lisa in the film, to let her know she's running about an hour late. It's revealed that she has a young boy with her, Joey, played by Chad Carlson, Lisa's youngest sibling. At first, the mother doesn't seem to care at all about Joey and is more concerned with putting chains on her tires for the snowstorm. Uh, but then the conversation ends with the mom, like, absolutely losing her shit about getting Joey something to eat. I mean, you'll see the, the dialogue in this and the acting is wild. It's, it's, it's so bizarre. Come extremely hazardous as the evening wears on. But the best advice is to just stay home. Repeat, stay home. Any word from mom yet? Traffic advisors have just been That'll be her. US 30. I wonder where she's stuck this time. And are now Hi, Mom. I'm at a gas station in Midvale. I'm having chains put on the car. I'm hungry, Mom. Okay, Joey. I have a couple of more things that I have to do. Uh, so I'll be home in about an hour, okay? Okay. Will you be all right for a little bit till we get home? Don't worry about a thing. Just take care of yourself and Joey, and dinner will be ready when you get home. Hey, we put on your chains. Your chains. Honey, I gotta go. I gotta go find Joey something to eat. Okay? Great. Bye-bye. The mother is so desperate in this scene. It's so weird. Yeah, and when she reappears, she's like a horror version of herself. Like, right. mom really gets the, the shit end of the stick in this movie. Yeah, she really shows up in Toyland kind of looking like a James Wan uh, ghost. Yeah. Uh, and she basically <laughs> plays the role of Ghislaine Maxwell. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, trafficking Wee Willie Winky and and uh, Peter Piper and uh, all of the other children. That's yeah. something that's really revealing as well. Even with like the villains' pedophilia, where I I want to say that it's like it's it's pitched as like isn't isn't he so strange that he's he's calling this child like attractive. He's got such peculiar taste. Yeah, it's not like this guy is evil to the bone. He's a real fucking sicko. It's like, <laughs> no. Well, at the end, he does reveal that there is no good in him. And so maybe it is like an indictment of pedophiles. That's true. It's a critique of capitalism. 
of the boss structure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. After getting off the phone with her mother, uh, Lisa hangs up and goes to see her teenage sister, Mary, played by Jill Sholin, off to work. Uh, the sister is dressed in the strangest outfit, a bright pink vinyl rain slicker and floppy beret. Uh, also, please notice how bizarre the dialogue is in this scene as well. At some moments, it seems like they're improving even. You didn't put these away again, Mary. I got you a great present. Don't ask what it is. It's a surprise. I bet it's a new blender. Well, then what is it? I won't tell you. You're a rat. (laughs) It's a sled. A sled? I thought for a change you might want something fun. Oh, I think a sled's a terrific present. I love you. You're a rat. Okay, take it easy and watch TV until Mom and Joey get home, okay? Okay. Okay, there's no need to redecorate the house or anything before we all get back. Are you warm? Yes. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye, take care. Like, doesn't it seem like the dialogue is, like, what would be written and performed uh, for, like, a high school sort of video project? Yeah. It's like Hollywood actors doing an impression of what they think regular people and their families talk like. (laughs) They're like, I don't know. I'm so alienated from this. I think the direction was just so poor. Yeah, like, none of these people really know exactly what uh, Loving Home is like, so they have no point of reference. So, uh, no. yeah, so yeah, the, you know, the, the, the lines are like delivered very strangely, like almost under the breath that you're a rat. Was that, is that what she said? Yeah. Yeah. You're, they you're say it back to each other, which is, I think that's actually one of the things that rings true, but her face, when she says sled, like it's really unclear what she thinks of anything at any point. And they're really actually setting up now. Now I can see it, but I couldn't see it during the first watch. Of course, me neither. Yeah. I... They're setting up the fact that she's basically like, I want a mixer for Christmas. Like, and she likes to decorate the house. Like she's an old lady child or something. Yeah. Uh, she's very serious. And this we'll, look, we'll see later matches uh, the upbringing that, that uh, she had, where she didn't really have a childhood um, because it was very directly supplied planted by uh, very adult things super early and she always uh, uh, apparently Drew Barrymore always you know didn't feel comfortable around other children like she would prefer the company of older people and stuff mm-hmm. uh, but we'll get into that later yeah you're giving them a lot more credit than they deserve this no is... this is on this is uh, listen we're not going to look at the actual work here <laughs> like we can only fantasize we can only bake a new and interesting you know reality <laughs> from these chicken bones. Yeah, this is like, it's a reflection of reality that the writers did not try to create, yes, but just it. created in virtue of the fact of how awful right. Hollywood is. We'll be looking at the unconscious filmmaking. Yes. <laughs> As Lacan says, the unconscious cannot help but speak. Oh, yeah, I knew he said that. Um, yeah, and the, the sister just like looks so demented, like her the way that her, I don't know, the looks that she's giving, it's just very unhuman. Especially because they're about to walk into like an abusive workplace. Uh, uh, with lots of like stress and sexual harassment immediately, and yet they 
insist on making everyone so chipper that they seem like children. I mean, even the kind of teenagers are playing, I don't know, someone with reduced uh, uh, faculties here. Like, they, they seem to be childish, uh, you know, in their excitement and all of that. And Drew Barrymore is, you know, she's in this weird phase of, like, adolescence that I know all too well, where she's not quite a teenager, but not little enough to be a kid kid, you know? She's 11. Yeah. Yeah, that's that age. You're not quite a teenager, but you're not, like, young enough to be, like, a little yes. kid, you know what I mean? A little kid, yes. I also thought it was super weird how at the beginning of that scene, Drew Barrymore is like, you left your shoes out again, and then just places the shoes in the center of the staircase? Mm-hmm. Right off the bat, this movie is making me lose my mind. Merry Christmas. We cut back to Lisa alone in the house, now holding a large mixing bowl of God knows what. The family is gone and she's decided to make Christmas cookies or something. On the news, an anchor who is clearly reading cue cards uh, warns that the large, quote, Canadian storm is growing in strength. But the TV fizzes out. A strong gust is blown over the antenna on the roof. Lisa immediately picks up the phone to call someone? There's no cell phones and her mother is out on the road, so it's unclear exactly who she's going to call. Just then, another gust of wind takes out the power lines. It's the beginning of Scream, except a 1986 made-for-TV Christmas remake. Lisa throws on her coat and hustles out into the storm alone. It's Scream, except the villain's a pedophile, not a murderer. <laughs> yeah, it's the Scream clearly stole a lot from this. <laughs> 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 this movie walks so Scream can run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's more terrifying than Scream. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, for tr- that's true. We cut to a toy store in the neighborhood, filled with hustling and bustling. Outside, a group of children sings the most aggressive Christmas carol I've ever heard. Uh, we cut inside and see one of the employees, Jack, played by a young Keanu Reeves, making his way through the shop towards the register. He's wearing a Santa hat and carrying a large inflatable goose. His full name, by the way, is Jack Nimble. Yeah, Jack Nimble. We're going to get to that later. I've got, I've got criticisms about that choice. <laughs> You have been listening to a sample of a premium episode of QAnon Anonymous. We don't run any advertising on the show, and we'd like to keep it that way. For five bucks a month, you'll get access to this episode, a new one each week, and our entire library of premium episodes. So head on over to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and subscribe. Thank you. Thanks. I love you. Jake loves you. (laughs) 